Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. You got yours and I've got mine. I'm your host, I'm Dolphus Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. Now our lives, yours and mine, are easily entangled with things both real and imaginary, malignant and benign. But none of this matters to our minds. In a sense, we are controlled by our environment. (laughs) Especially when we are unaware, things get entangled in our minds that affect us for the majority of our lives. Unless we escape, uh, or less, or should I say, <laughs> on, unless the hand of fate or the hand of God intercedes. But most of us, as someone has said, live our lives in quiet desperation but I suggest escape is possible we can escape these entanglements and we can live our lives not entirely entanglement free but with a key to always escape to that freedom. Now, if you're following me, you know that this podcast is essentially about me escaping what I call one of the major entanglements of my life. That of wanting to be a major writer, a recognized writer, which I've been doing for a while. It's just, writing has become a habit with me. (laughs) Now, I hope you're following me me, and you can reach me at dolphusq at yahoo.com or qdolphus at at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. But now, as the walrus said, the time has come. Yes, my friends all around the world, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 5, 
Chapter 5 A boxcar means a bed. Sanbolo's voice startled me from the sleep I had finally drifted into. I slept upon a mattress of cardboard, which took the coldness from the bare concrete floor. Dark discovered the ruins when we entered. Neither of us took time to explore. Sanbolo selected one of the rooms untouched by the flames, but darkened by the smoke and well vandalized. I found a spot to sleep on the floor, made it palatable with cardboard, and after tossing like a salad in a mixing bowl, I entered the first ram of sleep. Hey, Joe! Wake up, man! Sanbolo's voice was filled with excitement. Look what I found. I sat up. I yawned. I rubbed at my eyelids. I looked. Sanbolo held a shoebox in his hands. The lid was off, and the sneakers in the box looked brand new. These look like they will fit your feet said Sanbolo. Try them on and see. He told me he had got up at dawn's early light to see what he could see. He had found the shoebox in the closet on the floor of the office that had been ransacked. Sacked. <laughs> the sneakers were a pair of red and black Air Jordan. The pair fitted my feet perfectly. I walked back and forth with my eyes fixed on my feet. Wow, Sanbolo, these fit perfectly. Thanks. Don't thank me, Sanbolo said. Thank God. I decided to walk up to the script mall where I had seen the supermarket. The supermarket wasn't open when I got there. I decided to wait. I was in no great hurry to get back. I sat on a bench near the glass entrance doors to the store and reflected as I gazed out at an empty parking lot. I wondered what I had got myself into. In my quest for freedom. Sanbolo was crazy or had a major mental problem. There's an old saying that says freedom is not free. I guess my only choice is to keep up the payments until I pay it off. Time passed as I reflected but moved like it was stuck in the mud. However, soon I was joined by three early morning shoppers, two elderly white women, and a little old nervous white man who checked his wristwatch as he peered through the double glass doors every 
few seconds. They're supposed to open at 9 on Sundays. I see people in there. I wonder what is wrong. Why don't they open the doors? Neither I nor the two women bothered to answer his questions. I look at my watch. Ten after nine, a man dressed in business attire unlocked the door. He wore a white shirt with the sleeves rolled up and an untied tie at the open collar of his shirt. The little nervous man demanded to know why the doors wasn't open at nine sharp. I apologize for the inconvenience, sir, but everything is all right now, sir, the grocer said politely. We work overtime for our customers. Inside the supermarket, I took my time and browsed the shelves for bargains. My funds had dwindled down to spare change. The best deal I saw was three cans of sardines for 99 cents. I quickly took six cans from the shelf. Sardines and crackers sounded good, but not as good as six hamburger buns for 69 cents. I walked back to the ruins of the hidden motel with my packages. Some Volo commented on how long it took me to walk the short distance to the store. Well, I took my time and shopped for bargains, I said. Check out what I found. I figure these are good for a roadside snack. I showed him the cans of sardines. The cans were round and labeled with a picture of a ship. Sunbolo tore off a label and became more animated than a Saturday morning cartoon. He held up a small T-bone shaped piece of metal between his thumb and forefinger. Do you know what this is? He looked at me with a big smile that threatened to turn into a wide grin. Huh? Do you? I knew it came from the sardine cans, so I figured it was some sort of opener for the sardine cans, but I didn't see how it worked. Is that what opens the can? I asked in puzzlement. Son Bolo let out a roar of laughter. It took a few minutes for him to regain his composure. Open the can. He shook the object before my eyes. This little tiny tube can open any steel can. When his hilarity simmered to a smile, he told me the object he held was known as a P-38. He assured me all hobos had one. He called it the best can opener ever invented. I mimicked his hands as he used the P-38 to open the can of sardines. I watched amazed. The P-38 
rather well. Sanbolo took the P-38 and placed it into his wallet. He urged me to do the same. I did so, but not without the thought that by doing so, I became an official hobo. Sunbolo stopped me before I opened another can. He thought it would be wiser to wait and to expect things to take longer than expected. Then he said, if I must walk all day, I plan to sleep aboard a boxcar tonight. Save that can for the ride. It may be a long ride before we get off. My spirits lifted like steam over boiling water. I began to gather my gear with glee. If there's a yard in Fort Pierce, Sunbolo assured me, I'm going to find it before the sun goes down. And we're going to sleep aboard a box car tonight. I was instantly thrilled. I was ready to hit the road, Jack. Sunbolo knelt to the floor and began to gather his gear into a bedroll. Suddenly, seemingly out of the blue, the nervous little old white man I had seen in the supermarket walked boldly into the room. He demanded to know why were we there. Son Bolo appeared calm. He stopped and looked up from where he knelt. His hands continued with the tightening of the bedroll. We camped out here last night, sir. We are about ready to leave. We didn't do any more damage than had already been done. But this is private property, insisted the little nervous man. Didn't you see that no shopping sign? That no <laughs> trespassing sign? <laughs> Sunbolo completed the wrap of the rope around the bedroll. We didn't see any sign. All we saw is what you see, an abandoned, burned-down motel. You still should have known it was private property. Sunbolo took the ends of the rope and pulled them taut in opposite directions. If you don't leave right now, the nervous man insisted with an uplifted chin, I shall go call the police. There was a pause in the room after the man's last word, police. Son Bolo's eyes scratched like he was terrified. He stood up like a six-feet enraged monster with canine teeth. He barked down at the nervous little old man. A dead man can't call nobody. My eyebrows went up. There was a frozen moment of silence which abruptly was broken by consistent wheeze from the old man as he breathed. 
His lips trembled. His eyes saw his predicament. Two against one, or at least I thought that is what I saw in the rapid blanks of his blue eyes. I smell trouble in the air like some people can smell rain. I started towards the door. The nervous man's eyes followed me to the threshold. Wait, wait, where are you going? I looked at him. I saw fear, even my own fear, mirrored on his face. I offered him no reply. I hurried from the ruins of that deserted motel. I walked up to the highway and stood beside it like a hitchhiker with my thumb out. My legs felt wobbly, although I stood still. From my vantage point, if I looked back over my shoulder, I could see the shopping center, but not the ruins behind it. I wanted to forget everything I saw. I stood at the roadside for about 15 or 20 minutes before I glanced back over my shoulder and saw Sun Bolo emerge from the rear of the shopping center. I watched as he approached. He looked grimmer as he grew closer. When he reached me, he said, Hell, man, you look just like a target standing there. You should have kept on the move. I would have caught up with you. I didn't say anything, although I was anxious to know what had happened back at the ruins. That was crazy back there, I said. That old fool, Sambolo said. Come on, let's get the hell away from here. There was an urgency in his voice and I noticed his pace was faster than usual, almost as if we were fleeing a crime scene. I wanted to know what had happened to the nervous little old man, but I dared not ask. Sometimes it is better not to know the truth. This was one of those times. We marched with silence between us, this was the usual way we marched, but the silence usually joined us late in the afternoon when we had run out of talk. Every now and then, a car or a pickup truck would zip past us on the highway. You sure can tell it's Sunday, I said to break the silence. Ain't hardly no traffic on the road. Yeah. Most everybody's home still asleep, said Sun Bolo. <laughs> or seated in a church, I added as I reflected upon my personal experiences. Sun Bolo laughed lightly. <laughs> I bet more people are at home than seated upright in a church. I sure wish I was there, I said. Which one, asked Sun Bolo, at home or in a church? It makes no difference, I said. Either one would beat this heat. The sun shined down upon us like spotlights. 
our skins glisten with drops of sweat. San Bolo still marched at a steady pace, but it seemed like we were going slow. I felt like I slowly climbed a steep hill as I drug a long log on my shoulder. The landscape resembled a Perry Plain. I was pl passed before I saw a billboard in the distance. The sun reached a high noon position just as we reached the billboard. The billboard cast a giant shadow up on the ground. I suggested we stop and sit in the shade for a while. Zambolo offered no objections. He settled in the shade and fired up a cigarette. When he finished the cigarette, he was ready to leave the shade. Although I wanted to linger longer and argued to no avail for a few more minutes. We had not marched far from the billboard when a pickup truck zipped past us, then pulled over to the side of the highway and stopped. Come on, Son Bolo said excitedly. We got a ride. The driver looked like a farmhand working his way through school during the summer. He wore a red bandana around his long hair, which was the color of scrawl. He wore a long sleeve cowboy shirt and a faded pair of blue jeans with a belt around the waist. The buckle of the belt was big. The legs of the jeans were stuffed into muddy cowboy boots. He had one hand on the steering wheel and the other hand on the stick shift. He looked at us through the passenger window, which was rolled all the way down. How far you fellas headed? Fort Pierce, Son Bolo answered, then added. We are headed there to catch out on a freight train headed north. Well, I'm not headed that far, the young man said with a smile. But I can give you a lift as far as I'm going. Hop in. The driver was headed to the other side of Port St. Lucie, which was about 25 miles from Fort Pierce. He didn't know about the yard, but he knew about a train that went through Fort Pierce. He had picked up a special order last week directly from a boxcar near a feed store. Son Bolo smiled at me. That boxcar means there's a switch? And that switch means there is a stop. That means we might sleep aboard a train tonight. The truck increased its speed. The young farmhand shifted the gear stick. He glanced from the highway and grinned at us. This old girl can run. Check this out. He drove like an ambulance driver on his way to the emergency room. He laughed as he pointed at a 55 mile per hour speed sign. 
That sign doesn't mean shit on Sundays until the sun goes down. He explained that the highway patrolmen didn't start duty until 6 in the evening. It seemed in less than 20 minutes, he pulled over to the side of the highway close to a dirt road turnoff. That's my turn, he said. You ain't too far from White City. You might catch a ride there, but on a Sunday, I doubt it. Sambolo opened the door. You've been a big help, even if we don't get another ride. You saved us at least three hours. Thanks a lot. The young man yelled, good luck, as he drove away. Son Bolo watched the truck turned off onto the dirt road. He nodded slightly. There was a thin smile on his lips. See what happens when you keep on the move? If we had remained in the shade, we would have never got that ride. And thus, we have reached the end of our episode for this time. I encourage everybody, invite everybody all around the world to join us next time for another episode of Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. So long, everybody.